Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to Spiritual AF, a manifestation podcast for success-driven humans. My name is Johnny Maria Gresta, and I am completely obsessed with helping you live a wildly fulfilling life where you are thriving in every way possible. I have helped thousands of humans get happier, healthier, and wealthier over the past 14 years, and now it's time for your own transformation. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, welcome. Welcome. My name is Johnny Agresta, and I am the host. This podcast is geared all towards helping you incorporate spirituality, personal development to really manifest everything that you desire in the external world. The core of my teaching is that your external world matches your internal world. And so this podcast highlights many different lessons that I teach that I've used to help people transform their own lives and become happier, healthier, and wealthier, and something that I've used to transform my life. And so today we're talking about my four-year spiritual transformation. I explain my transformation as of today in a way of um, explaining it as I was an itchy big bird person. Like I was in in an itchy big bird costume, (laughs) if that makes sense. I was so uncomfortable. I was so just uh, imagine just like wearing a big bird costume (laughs) and feeling like awkward (laughs) in the world in your body right you envision like a big bird walking through like Times Square or something of that nature just something that stands out well maybe not in Times Square because you have like a lot of different characters that walk around there but you get what I'm saying this like itchy big bird uncomfortable like human Constantly chasing the external successes, constantly chasing different degrees, different certifications, different levels of success in the external world, a better body, a stronger body, a leaner body. It was just constantly focused on, I was constantly focused on the external world. And now for over, uh, about four years later, I've just been truly thriving in all areas of my life and my relationships and my health and my in my business. And I just really want to highlight a few key areas. So hopefully, number one, you don't feel as alone in each one of these areas. Um, Because sometimes when we're going through some hard shit, or we're in the depths of our spiritual awakening, or we're just starting to learn about what this is, we can kind of feel alone. And I want you not to feel alone. I want to connect with you on that. And to provide some teachings and to give you a sense of my transformation. If you guys have been in the podcast for a while, you know that we've transitioned it from many different iterations or different expansions. And I'm really, really, really excited to bring you more spiritual teachings specifically, mainly just using the word because I've been teaching it for years anyway without ever using the word. But here we are. It's all good. Four years later, let's do the thing. Also, side note, I am still recovering from being sick, so you will hear a lot of that. (laughs) You may hear some coughing, stuffy nose-ish, all of the things, but let's do the thing. Let's talk about the important stuff. Um, So the first phase, I kind of have this broken down into five different phases, and the first phase of my spiritual journey is when the coping mechanisms first developed, when my patterns first developed, when my habits first developed. And this is for all of us, it's in the early years of our life, everything from ages zero to seven. And obviously after that, 
impact us, but especially from zero to seven. Um, That's when some of the biggest parts of our brain are being formulated. And so biggest parts of our brain that really impact us on a subconscious level are being formulated. And we literally are like a sponge to everything around us. And so these are core years of our life that dictate a lot of our behaviors, a lot of our habits, a lot of our thought patterns. And for those of us that didn't grow up in the healthiest, (laughs) in the healthiest zero to seven childhood years, um, which I'll get into mine in a little bit, like we've gotten some fucked up beliefs along the way. We've <laughs> we've developed some patterns that really do not serve our highest good. And part of spirituality is really coming back home to yourself and really coming back to this place of who you are authentically and this place of love and this place of light. And not always, obviously we're going to have human experiences of struggles and negativity and stuff like that and asshole tendencies and all of that stuff. But when you come back to yourself and you come back to your core and you feel yourself at the core, you're connected to your soul or your higher power or your higher self, God, whatever you want to call it, like those ways of being just fall away. So these first important years are the zero through seven years old years um also words today aren't a thing so just come with the scatteredness it's fine the kind of half sentences more so than normal (laughs) but anyway so zero to seven is really an impactful phase in our life um and for me this first phase that I'm talking about kind of actually extends into early adulthood um but the ages really don't matter just the zero to seven was really important for me to share that with you so If you guys don't know, I lost my father when I was really young. I was five. He literally died of a massive heart attack in the other room while I was sleeping. My sister saw it. My mom was awake. Um, My sister was seven at that time. And it was the start of a lot of fuckery in my life, as you could imagine. (laughs) But the thing is, is that when you lose someone so close to you at such a young age, and I mean any time, but especially when you're young, like, Adults don't know how to handle it. Many adults don't know how to handle that experience. Like my family didn't really talk. They didn't wake me up for it. They didn't talk to me about it. I didn't go to his funeral. I didn't go to his burial. Um, They just like tried to hide their sadness when they weren't with me, you know, and they kind of like put all this pressure on my mom to like have her shit figured out even though she literally just lost her husband. Uh, he was 40, almost 40 years old. I think my mom was 32 or 34 at the time. And then, you know, she had me and my sister and no income and, you know, all of that stuff. And so my family didn't know how to handle it. So to say the least, they sucked at it. <laughs> and I was left kind of to fend for myself because obviously you're five years old. You don't fucking know how to talk about things and you don't really know what's going on, but you kind of know, like you have a sense of what's happening when you're, you know, that young, but you're just absorbing the way other people react. And so it was in that, that moment and that time when just, I stopped processing emotions. I kind of shut down to any sort of emotions because in that moment I was so sad, so hurt, but I was so confused. And so I kind of just built this wall of a barrier to emotions. 
And that includes happiness, that includes sadness, that includes laughter, that includes bliss and joy and, you know, fun. <laughs> so I didn't just shut down to the bad emotions, the, the things we judge as bad. I shut down to all emotions. And so I just was not the happiest kid. I definitely wasn't the most depressed or saddest kid, at least outwardly. <clears throat> You know, nobody thought that there was anything wrong with me because I was a straight A student, because I wasn't fat, because I had, you know, music and I was a classical musician and I just channeled all of my energy and my emotions into these different areas of life. And then that also became bodybuilding and getting a leaner body. And it was just like, because I was doing the things that, and I was checking off the boxes of what makes a good kid a good kid, you know, I always listened, I didn't do drugs, I was a straight A student, stuff like that. Um, nobody thought to question anything. And when your parents don't question things <laughs> and aren't aware that the behaviors you're using are really just a coping mechanism and a pattern of that's actually unhealthy for you. It's deemed healthy by society. Cool, you're not fat. Okay, but are you questioning if I have an eating disorder? Okay, cool, you're going to the gym, but are you questioning, you know, my obsessiveness about it? Cool, you're a straight A student, but are you questioning my ability to connect to other people and to have, you know, a sense of worthiness outside of my school and my straight A's and stuff, you know? And it's just like when adults do not are not aware that these can also be coping mechanisms and you know kind of red flags and they just kind of get ignored as a child you don't think any you don't think twice you know and so that's kind of what happened i developed all of these coping mechanisms that were actually really toxic for me and it was just my way of shutting down to emotions my way of shutting down to happiness my way of shutting down to sadness and joy and all of the feelings and replacing it with, look what I can do. You know, mommy, look what I can do. <laughs> Grandma, look what I can do. Or I'm Greek, so it was, yeah, yeah, look what I can do. You know, so then my relationship with my family, seeing as we never actually talked about my dad's death, no one knew how to process it. My mom ended up getting remarried about two years after my dad died, which was very quick, especially for us. Um, you know, it just... It was like we were just constantly on to the next. We were constantly on to the next place of moving or constantly on to the next place of what more can I achieve or how can I, you know, beat my last grade or how can I be better at this? How can I prove my, how can I win another award so I can come back and show my family, you know? And so for many of us during these beginning years, we didn't receive love. We didn't receive the love that we needed, the attention that we needed. We had emotionally unavailable parents. We had parents who went through some really fucking traumatic shit on their own, like mine did, and probably during her younger years as well. And then that gets passed down generationally. And so the world doesn't talk about this. And as long as you check the boxes on the one side, which, hey, you're a straight A student. Hey, you're not fat. Hey, you're you know, you're talented here and oh, you get paid well, you're driving a nice car. Nobody questions it. But we only question things when somebody's an alcoholic or when somebody drinks too much or, well, that's the same thing, does drugs when somebody isn't a straight A student and they're failing, you know? And so as a society, I think it's really important that we start to, instead of looking at the behaviors to determine what we think are good and bad, 
we start to look at the human underneath the fucking behaviors and we start to look at their emotions. We start to look at their emotional capacity to feel and to process their emotions because when we don't do this and then we live our lives with all of these coping mechanisms, whether it is drugs and alcohol or, you know, being a badass and flunking out of school, whatever it is, or we are straight A students who end up developing anorexia, binge eating disorders, whatever, you know, and a need for more and more and more and more and more. It's neither end of the spectrum is better, but our society has, you know, deemed it better that if we fall on one side, right? And so it's up to us as adults, I'm assuming I have mainly adults listening to me, but it's up to us as adults to look at our behaviors. And it's not that, you know, okay, you need to stop overachieving, you need to stop Uh, wanting more for your life and you need to stop aiming to have a leaner body no but it's the intention behind it if you're doing it from a place of not good enoughness or you're doing it from a place of not receiving love or not loving yourself or not feeling like you can be loved if you don't have that next box checked then that's an issue if you're going to the gym because you don't know how to process your emotions you cannot use gym as therapy it's not a thing (laughs) we joke about it and I get it believe me I need the gym for my mental health continuously but that's like a maintenance thing you know but are you doing the work to really process what could be coming up for you or traumas that you've gone through or struggles that you're having now are you just pushing it down right and so for me I ended up in a place of being so uncomfortable from all of the things that I just pushed down and then trying to keep up this outward image of success this outward image of look at me I'm perfect I have everything together and it was just it was so exhausting oh my goodness but I didn't know any other way it manifested as anxiety it manifested as um, eating disorders, it manifested in the need to always have that next checkbox and to do things quicker than other people and more successfully. And it just, it was exhausting. And I got to a place, which leads me to phase two, I got to a place where I basically hit rock bottom. I had misalignment to the max, <laughs> as I kind of call this phase, where it was just like, I had went to school. I had got all the degrees. I got multiple degrees at the same time. I was top of my class. I became a registered dietitian, um, which inherently is just a hard fucking thing to do. And I was three quarters of my way into my master's. I had my fiance. I had um, an insane fucking body. Like I had all of the physical things I kind of wanted, except there was a big part of me that kept yelling, that like just kept yelling at me like, bitch, something is wrong. (laughs) listen to me something is wrong and in the background I was six figures in debt I was really 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 struggling with money I was uninspired as a dietitian I just did not I could not keep going (laughs) in the clinical world or even in outpatient centers as a dietitian I just I felt so unaligned with it but when you dedicate so much time to something and you dedicate like your entire life and now you become known for nutrition and fitness and then you become a dietitian is this whole big thing and you're known in that field and that world and in your community as that and all of your jobs are centered around that you're just like well what the hell else am I gonna do (laughs) right but I had to keep listening to that that sign that I was misaligned on top of that I was negative I was so like guys I was queen of fucking negativity oh my goodness and I was anxious 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 anxious. I didn't know I was anxious. 
because I wasn't somebody who like shut down and just couldn't get out of bed. Um, And to me, that was the only knowledge that I had about someone who's struggling is that if they can't do the things that means they're struggling, maybe that was imprinted on me from my family or society or the fact that no one ever questioned my own mental health (laughs) and my emotional health for years. Whatever it was, I had this notion that, you know, high-functioning anxiety was not a thing. It was only like the depressiveness and anxiousness. And so I had gone through bouts of depressiveness and stuff, but never, I, I refused to ever let it get to a point where I couldn't function. So in that case, I just went into overdrive. The more anxious I was, the more overdrive I went into. The more depressed I was, the more overdrive I went into. What else can I achieve? What else can I build? How else can I do this? You know? And so, God forbid I asked for help, right? (laughs) That was not a thing, but I was stuck binge drinking continuously. I was definitely not an alcoholic. I definitely didn't have a problem where I couldn't stop physically. However, I do believe that, um, you know, three or four drinks, three or four times a week or two to three times a week where you're seeking that, that drunk feeling or that tipsy feeling Um, as well as relying on weed every day, it was like the only time my mind calmed in the evening and because society like makes it normal, that's, you know, a thing. It's okay. Like, oh yeah, weed just calms you down, but I couldn't get calm without it. And so that's what I'm saying is like the problem. So I'm not saying I was addicted to anything or anything of that nature because I don't want to diminish other people's experiences who I know definitely have struggled with it deeper than I have. So I would never put myself in the same level as that. I couldn't say that truthfully, but I definitely had a problem with being in my own body and life and being happy with it without substances. Okay. Feeling excited about it without substances. Um, so yeah, it eventually led me into this place of getting cheated on by my fiance because we were miserable together Um, I was beyond fucking burnt out. I was binge eating every single night. We were ordering massive amounts of Domino's pizza and cookies and this and that. And just, I didn't have any time during the day to eat. It was just, it was just probably the worst place I've ever been in my life, emotionally, physically. Oh my goodness. Even though I had abs, even though I was really lean, even though you know, I was running every day and I was running 12 miles an hour for sprints and I think I hit 12 miles an hour and 6% incline. So you see like all of these physical aspects of myself were just, they checked all the boxes. They were admirable by people. And I was used to being admired, used to being praised for them, but they came from such a bad place internally. So it's not the habits necessarily that were the problem, but it was the intention behind it. It was the energy behind it. It was how I didn't feel good enough without these things. And don't get me wrong, like you're allowed to feel better when you have more money in your bank account. You're allowed to feel better in a smaller body if that's something you like, but there can't, it cannot healthily come from a place of not good enoughness. The two just do not align. And so at this rock bottom, I just, I realized how much was off. And that's when I started to learn about spirituality and learn about personal development and growth and um, all of that stuff. And I just started massively reading and listening to podcasts. And I was just invited into this new way of being. And I was willing to do anything, anything. And one of the things that I was led to do, I don't think anybody necessarily told me to do this, but it was, or it was a recommendation. But one of the things that I was led to do was start my business, 
was really go full force into the thing that I wanted. It was the one area of my life where I was so certain what I wanted that I, I didn't necessarily know something else, something else was out there in terms of my body or my sex life or food or anything like that. But I knew in terms of my career that I was so ready to build my business that this rock bottom was just not where I was fucking staying. And so I just became so intent on doing everything and anything to build my business successfully. That's when I started working with coaches and all that stuff. And so I started listening to my intuition more and more and more. And at the same time, we enter phase three, which I call fake happiness. It's like the place where things in the external world settled. Like I was getting myself out of debt. I was making a ton of money in a way that I actually wanted to for the first time in my life. Um, my binge eating disorder healed. My GI issues healed. <laughs> I had a lot of different things heal. I had a better relationship with my husband. He then became my husband after we did a lot of work together. But something still felt off. It's like I had gotten to this place where I had checked all of the boxes of what I thought needed to shift, but I still didn't feel like the absolute best, you know? And that's when I started to really embody one of my biggest teachings today, and that's where the external world cannot make you a happier human genuinely. You cannot check enough boxes to ever, ever, ever make yourself a happy human. There's miserable as fuck rich people. There's miserable as fuck skinny people. There's miserable as fuck married people. And of course, there's, you know, happy as fuck people on that spectrum. There's people all across the spectrum. But until you find this inner happiness, this inner connectedness, this sense of peace and calm internally, no boxes that you check externally will ever make you feel whole. It's just not a thing. So that's phase four for you. That's when I truly entered my spiritual awakening, like the depths of it. Before that, I was, you know, coming up into it and I was learning about things and I was seeing, you know, I was learning about my intuition and learning about, um, you know, believing in the universe and a higher power and manifestation and all of that. But it wasn't really until I checked all of the boxes and I still realized something was massively fucking off. And so naturally, everything that I thought that I needed to be happy fell apart. And I've talked about this before. I think it's titled like why I manifested my business to fall to the ground or something like that. Maybe like 30 or 40 episodes ago. But maybe I'll find it and I'll tag it down for you guys below. But yeah, everything fell apart. My business stopped making money. Literally, I was left with zero fucking clients. I was left with not knowing what I wanted to market, how I wanted to market, how I wanted to do things. I had gained over 40 pounds, 50 pounds approximately. Um, yeah, I was just my, I ended up uh, separated from my husband and I lived in a different state while he stayed in Texas. I went to Colorado for a few months. It was just like, I couldn't keep faking the happiness that I was supposed to feel as a result of having all of these things in place and they finally settled. And it's like, I, I basically manifested my way into 
kind of like a new rock bottom, but it didn't feel as bad (laughs) because internally it was the first time I felt peaceful. Even though my external reality kind of felt fucked, it was like this internal sense of calm, peace, knowing that all of the things that were not meant for me, all of the ways of being, all of my controlling, all of my overworking, all of my need to achieve just fell away because it was not serving me in the way that I thought it was. I also call this kind of the Humpty Dumpty phase where I just kind of like fell apart. (laughs) And this phase is probably the scariest. And I'm kind of just coming out of this phase, truthfully. And I'm not saying these phases are linear for everybody. I'm not saying these phases, um, you know, aren't cyclical. They could be in many ways and many different lessons that I have to learn in my life as well as you. But just the Humpty Dumpty phase... (laughs) is probably the hardest part, like losing all of the things that you thought you needed to be happy, you thought you needed to feel whole, you thought you needed in general. And truthfully, I was resisting that lesson that I didn't need, the lesson was that I didn't need these external things to be happy or fulfilled or anything. Um, But I was resisting that lesson. (laughs) I was resisting that lesson as my income was decreasing. I was just pushing for more and more and more. I was resisting that lesson in terms of so many different ways. And as my body was screaming at me to slow down and I was like, no, I got to do more. (laughs) And so it was really the first time I was forced to really love myself without having all of the things. And it was a big struggle when I was so used to loving myself conditioning, loving myself more when I made more money, loving myself more when my body looked better, loving myself more in some, when I was loved by somebody else. And I always say that it's either you can willingly learn the lesson or the universe will push you down the stairs and force you to learn it. And I didn't listen. I didn't take the stairs. I got pushed down the fucking sk- the stairs. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, this, This phase probably lasted about six to 18 months, maybe. I don't remember the exact time, but definitely at least half a year up until a year and a half total. Um, And now phase five is putting the pieces back together, putting Humpty Dumpty back together, getting back to this place of thriving, but from a deep, deeply comfortable place, comfortable place with myself comfortable place with, hey, if I don't have anything, if I end up, you know, if my car gets smashed or taken away from me and my bank account goes into the negative and I lose my, and I lose everything, like I will still be happy. And that's really kind of (laughs) still a scary thing to say. And it's simply the truth. I think when you get to this place of, I don't need these external things, I simply want them. You know, as long as you have shelter and food and stuff like that, like technically you don't really need anything, you know, after a certain level of business success, you don't really need more, but it's something you want. It's something that you get to fulfill because it's your desire. And it's from this place of putting myself back together and realizing that my desires are are meant for me. My desires were given to me by a higher power. They're here, not just because they're here, they're here actually for me to fulfill and that feels like more of a calling than a pushing. That feels like more of an attracting and a stepping into than a pushing and an overworking and a miserable phase in my life where I have to achieve all these things in order to be happy. So at this stage, this is where I started to find myself again. 
I started to learn who I was again at the core. I started to feel love for the first time, like unconditional, deep-rooted love. And not relying on the external is just the most amazing thing. And when your internal world is just in this place of calm and happiness and fulfillment and peace... Your external world matches it. So if you think of, let's say, money, you think of how much money you want. Um, You want your business to make, you want in your bank account, you want to pay off debt, whatever. It's like it just feels like this easiness to it, right? This It feels like, oh, well, if I had all of that money, everything would be so good (laughs) in my life, right? But the thing is we wait until we get that money in order to hopefully feel that. And then either you get the money and you don't feel that or you don't actually get the money. And so when you're in this place internally and you feel all of those same things, but internally, and you're not waiting for the external to show you that, that's when you attract what you want. That's when you actually attract the money. That's when you attract the health. And as a result of me going through this deconstruction and reconstruction of myself and my life in so many different ways, I'm able to attract better clients I'm able I've lost probably close to 30 pounds I don't really weigh myself I tried to weigh myself this morning but apparently my husband took out the batteries and put them in one of our vibrators I guess it was missing when we were having sex one day so I didn't feel like putting it back so I was like okay whatever I'm not meant to weigh myself today but probably close to 30 pounds like clothing finally fits me again and you know I'm really loving my my physical body um what else happened? Just my relationship fell into a really good place. Just friends started coming along. I was manifesting really close relationships and really amazing friends and really amazing loving relationships. My relationships with my family have now settled in a pretty, pretty good place. I don't want to say everything's perfect in all these areas, but they're pretty fucking good. The best they've ever have been. Um, my sex life is fucking better than ever, except for the fact that my husband and I are sick right now, so we're not fucking because we can't really breathe, and then I had my period, and then we were at my family's house, so it's been a few weeks, needless to say, but other than that, our sex life is really good, um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that internal-external balance is what we want, and so regardless of where you are in your phases of awakening into a new way of being, whatever that means to you, whether it does mean something massively spiritual or it just means something like that you're on a, a growth journey, whatever works for you, cool, you name it whatever the fuck you want. But just know you don't need to rush through the phase. The phase that you're in has lessons for you. The phase that you're in is necessary for you to learn from and you will get to the other side. You do not need to rush it. In fact, rushing it will always backfire. I think I have an entire podcast on that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I have to share with you guys today. I haven't really shared my entire spiritual journey and my growth journey and what my life has looked like over the past four years. I've shared it sporadically. Oh, excuse me, I burped. Um, I've shared it sporadically, but I haven't really shared it in depth. And so I hope that my story really resonated with you in some way, shape, or form. Shed light on something that you may be going through or maybe helped you notice something. If it did, please let me know. I'm always in, like, I just, I've received so much love around this podcast and it never ceases to amaze me and ceases to just kind of ground me in gratitude whenever somebody says, hey, even I just listened to your podcast and I liked it. 
it just means the world to me. So I appreciate you guys so much for being here on this journey with me. Um, I love you and I hope to talk to you soon. Bye guys. Oh wait, I take that back. I have free meditations for you guys. I don't think I've shared it with you on the podcast. I don't know, but Um, I will put it down below. It's three free meditations. They're transformational meditations. I listen to them usually at least once a week because I have so many different meditations that I go through. But the meditations, I believe, are around growth in your career, feeling confident, and I forgot the third thing, maybe at peace internally. But there are three different intentions with them. So when you sign up, you get all three. You get signed up to my email list where I'll send you lots of epic content, things that don't go out to my, you know, social media and stuff like that. Um, and that are just, you know, solely on my email list. So if you want more of this stuff, definitely go and head to the free meditations if you haven't already. And now that is all I have for you. <laughs> for real this time.